Populous 2 for the Amiga lets you harness the power of Zeus. But how does it stack up to the original? It's Amigos, episode 291. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Populous 2. Now, Aaron, I've got to ask you, when it comes to harnessing the power of Zeus, um, do you have a favorite, you know, Greek or Roman god in the Pantheon? Well, you know, I like Thor, but he doesn't count. Uh, so if I've got to pick a Greek or Roman god, I have to think about that. For, what do, you, do you have a favorite? Let me ponder oh, sure. that for a minute. Who do Jupiter. you like? Why? Jupiter. He's the bringer of jollity. I mean, me and him are kind of the same guy. <laughs> You're the bringer of something. <laughs> who's the god of Who's the god of uh, manure? Who's, what's that guy's name? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that he has a name. I would probably go, you know, I'm a big fan of Hercules, mm-hmm. but, but and not because he's a big strong guy, because he got he got put through the ringer. Like if you read these stories, he got hosed a bunch of times over and over. Like I had a bad life, mm-hmm. you know. Plus, I liked this show with Kevin Sorbo. Remember that? No, you don't remember that. Well, the, that was the, that the same person as the, that was like the Xena producers, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, Sam, I do remember uh, that. Sam Raimi and Tappert. Uh, they did those. Hey, they they did a good job with that little show. It ran for a long time. It became quite a hit. And of course, Xena spun off of it. I like Xena more because Xena's way more flawed than Hercules. But ultimately, both shows had the same problem, which is we've got a huge indestructible killer as our main character. And so every it's the beating of the week for the losers. It's the, the most- uh, it's it's the Superman syndrome. Does does Hercules yeah. have a kryptonite? Not really. Mm. He's he occasionally is dumb, but Kevin Sorbo's character was also smart. So, you know, he didn't get tricked or, uh, like you would think. If Xena was just sort of evil, that made her more interesting. And the, and the best episodes of those shows are the ones where they become they get humanized. Basically, they, they lose. They get their you know they get uh, crushed. Like uh, there's some great episodes of Xena where her companion gets killed and and you know, or loses her baby. Is she like, like a that. doctor? Does she have multiple companions through the run? No, of the show? no. Gabrielle was her companion. And, uh, there was a, there was some great like turmoil between the two of them. There was sort of a romantic thing going on between the two of them. It was pretty, it was pretty unique for that era in television. Sure. I know this is a far cry from talking about the Greek and Roman gods, but that, that does come to mind. <laughs> Hercules had a little buddy too. They just sort of, he used to save the guy. A what lot. was his That's name? Bucky. No, Bucky's Captain America's mm. little buddy. Who it's funny in the movies, Captain Bucky wasn't a little in the in the car in the comics. Bucky's like a kid, like a mascot right. almost, who goes to war. I never understood that, but in the in the movies, he's a big old oaf of a guy, so a little bit different. But yeah, I would go with Herc. Herc is cool. I'm getting ready to embark upon a journey into uh, Greek uh, mythology. I just got a new copy of the Odyssey. Uh, oh. that, that, uh, that, that epic tale. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to be starting on that this weekend. So, uh, I'll report back my Greek and Roman adventures next time we, we play a God game. I, I feel like I've already read that because I did see old brother, where for art thou, which I believe is that in it, it is it, yeah, it's, it's based, based on, on the Odyssey, Odyssey. right? There yeah. you go. Great film. Great. Film. Oh yeah. Great soundtrack too. That's right. All right, Aaron, 
It's time to jump into this week's Amiga News. Let's do it, man. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, we would be remiss if we did not start this new segment off with 10-minute Amiga Retrocast new video. His third, I believe, in a series of Amiga 2000 adventures. Now, Aaron, yes. I know that you watch this thing. Tell me about yes. what goes on in Doug's workshop this week. I even I even wrote to Doug after this one because he kept trying things over and over on on the 2000 that just kept not working. I mean, it was... and I, and I And I, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying Bridgeboard didn't work like all kinds of crazy stuff didn't work all kinds of crazy hacks he had to like he couldn't run at a re- high resolution high enough to even show his own logo proper that's what you're looking oh at right gosh. there but I mean Doug Doug never says quit and he never says die and he's he's uh sugary optimistic I mean just smiling having a good old time you know he's, this he's, is in what, a, he's in a different location. It looks like he's he's put his workbench right in front of the I front door. I noticed that. I noticed yeah. that. It's like it's a whole different uh, because he put in a bigger table for that two thousand. That's yeah. a monster. He just checked in the chat. By the way, we're talking about you, Doug. But Doug is super sunny. This is you know I've tried to do these like Aaron works on some crap videos. I just can't do it, man. Because when stuff goes south. I can't just smile and be like, it's all good. I'm like, <laughs> that's when it turns into an ARG presents type that's, stream. That's when it turns a little blue. That's what yeah. I'm, that's all I'm saying here. But Doug, Doug holds it together. Plus one thing about Doug stuff is like, it's informative. Like, you know, what's going on. I didn't know very much about the Amiga 2000 before I started watching this series. Now I've learned a lot. So I've really enjoyed it. Top Doug. I don't think he's ever put out any, any duds. He's it's all top quality stuff. He's a top tier uh, dude. And so I, I rigidly endorse this, this series. Good stuff. Cool, cool. All right, Aaron. And uh, the second biggest news story of the week is that Amiga Forever and C64 Forever have just released a new version. This is version nine, Aaron. Um, I know that you, uh, one of our most popular videos of all time on the channel is our Amiga Forever for Dummies video that you (laughs) you were the mastermind behind. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, this new version looks really cool. I uh, picked up on this from uh, Mike, actually, uh, from Cluanto, sent uh, sent us an evaluation copy. So I knew that this was coming, but there's a pretty good write-up on it over at Indie Retro News. Uh, some of the new things that they've included are uh, there's a new dark mode option. What's the deal with dark mode, Aaron? Why why is this a thing? I, I don't know. I, I like that stuff. I just, I, I, so I don't have a problem with it. Good for them. Yeah, uh, so they got dark mode. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's some new uh, hardware acceleration things going on. Um, and, uh, you know, they've just sort of updated. They've given a new coat of paint to everything. Uh, so, uh, you know, not everybody uh, it buys into the Amiga Forever format. You know, you, you, you do got to pay to get it. But uh, if you're looking for a very easy way to jump into some of your favorite Amiga games uh, and, you know, sort of legally own the Kickstart ROMs and all those things, if you don't actually own an Amiga, this yeah. is probably the way to do it. And plus, you get all the C64 stuff thrown in, too. Let me let me tell you, I'm going to speak on this uh, a bit. Uh uh, and say what you, Cloanto, some people loves them, some people hates them, that's fine. I understand. But no one should badmouth the Amiga Forever uh, package. This thing's solid gold money, and it saved my bacon about a million times. I still use it to this day for the save states and whatnot. Uh, 
I read, I was reading the email that he sent us, and amongst the things on there, he was talking about this new, like, kind of like an arcade mode where you can pick from screens. I like that. I'm anxious. I haven't got to install this yet because it just came out the other day, but I'm going to fire this thing up. But I, I like the I like uh, the Amiga for a package. The C64 package is good too. I like them both. Uh, and every uh, one thing you got to say about this, they could have just released the first couple versions of this thing and been like, "Man, good enough," and you can play Amiga. But they continually upgrade this, and and unlike a lot of uh, utilities that get upgraded, when they upgrade, it actually gets better and not worse, like much better. They're always thinking outside the box for new things they can add in. So I give I give this thing the big thumbs up. Uh, the Coloanto guys have always been super nice to us. Uh, they've always given us like the giving us the inside scoop on stuff, which we appreciate. And you actually interviewed uh, the Coloanto guy. What was it? What was yeah, that fellow's his name? Na- his name's Mike. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a super super nice guy. I've interviewed him on multiple occasions, both years at Amiga Ireland. We had a chance to ch- talk. And he is somebody that is very passionate about the Amiga. He's not just in this for the money. Uh, I don't know exactly how much money comes out of a project like this versus the amount of work that goes into it. But uh, he is a he's a big Amiga supporter on both the classic and the new Amiga stuff. So, yeah, stand up guy. Yeah. And and I will say this in closing on this. All roads that are, are to a unified Amiga f- platform, they're going to lead through Cloanto. So. Well, you know, whether you agree with their opinion or not, that everyone need, we're going to all become a peaceful group, get together and figure it all out. Uh, but yeah. uh, there you go. Good. I like it. Though. I'm looking forward to trying this out. That arcade mode idea. I like that's a great idea. I agree. I agree. All right, Aaron. Speaking of uh, ways to launch your Amiga games, in addition to Amiga Forever, there's also a new a game launcher that has just been released. This also was a write up from Indie Retro News. Um, this is a new way to launch WHD load games. So, you know, there are there are things like uh, iGame, which uh, I believe that uh, Dave uh, gave a presentation on at the last International Computer Club that was really cool. Uh, there's XBench, there's Tiny Launcher. This is a new one. This is, uh, this is called uh, WHD Load Menu, snappy name. Uh, this comes to us from the Suri developer, uh, and it looks a lot like uh, going through the menu of a PlayStation, like a PlayStation Three or something like that, or the or the or the PSP. That's what it reminded me of. You've got horizontal folders, and then you you push up and down to navigate through menus, you know, sub menus within the horizontal folder. So pretty cool. Uh, you know there. Uh, WHD is such a popular thing. I'm not surprised that people are trying to come up with lots of different ways to, to get to your favorite games. So if you want to check this out, uh, you can click on the link over in the show notes to Indie Retro News and uh, the uh, the source code and the instructions and the download are all off of that story. Did you get a chance to look at this one, Aaron? I haven't looked at it until just now, but I will say that the, you can tell that there's a, there's a very popular front, uh, emulator front end for Linux and and uh, and 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 Windows machines, uh, and this looks very similar to it. So mm. uh, clearly, someone. And by the way, it's super popular. So someone probably, someone wise though, is like, let's not reinvent the wheel. They've got right. something good going on. Let's see if we can use that. And then this is uh, one thing I like about this. Just looking at it for the first time, boat in retro arch. Thank you, Flack. Uh, it's very clean. That's a nice clean look. I like it. Uh, it looks good. I'll definitely be uh, giving this a look, Boat. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And we've got a new prototype version of a, an Amiga game that's been found. Uh, now, uh, Pac-Land, 
uh, is sort of infamous in the arcade world because this was the first time that Pac-Man left the friendly confines of his uh, neon-colored maze and ventured out into the real world in a 2D side-scrolling platformer game. Uh, just a very bizarre game. This is this is not <laughs> one of your favorite Pac-Man games, is it, Aaron? Well, you know, I, I'm not going to say I hate it or anything. I, you know, I used to watch the cartoon, you mm-hmm. know, and so I mean, this is this reminds me of the cartoon every time I see it. I'm 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 going to go on the assumption that it was the, this was made after the cartoon came out, or this was yeah, the basis this, on the cartoon. Because, yeah, Pac-Man came out in the late '80s, and the uh, yeah. I believe that the original Pac-Man cartoon was part of the Saturday Supercade. Well, they also was, they had they had Christmas specials and a bunch. Mm-hmm. Of, they did, you know they had that Pac-Man was a pretty big deal, obviously. No 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 kidding, right? Yeah yeah. Uh, so anyway, Pac-Man made an appearance on the Amiga, but they found a prototype version that actually looks a lot better than the game that was released. Uh, there's different sprites, different gameplay. Um, you can even pilot vehicles in this game according to the the write-up on Indie Retro News. So uh, pretty neat to find this prototype of a completely different game. I'd love to know the story behind how this version didn't get released and an inferior version did get released. Um, Always interesting to to hear the stories behind these games and how they came out or how they were lost. And you could download this right now. So that's right. <laughs> pretty cool. That's right. You can, hey, you can it download does look it pretty it good. Yeah, it looks pretty good, but yeah. I'd say not yeah. bad. And uh, we've also got, Aaron, uh, this is uh, a our final news story. This, you know, every once in a while, I'll just do a search on YouTube. Uh, I'll just search for Amiga and I'll see what's been uploaded, you know, within the past week and just see what's out there. And this is a guy that I never heard of before. His name is Weiju Wu. And this is a tutorial on how to add mod files to your Amiga games in C. Uh, one thing, one of our biggest complaints about Amiga games as a genre is that too often the developers didn't see fit to add uh, background music into the games. And uh, what this is, is this guy actually takes you through creating a mod with ProTracker, which a lot of people know about. But then if you go into the later part of the video, he actually breaks down inside the source code where you can just add a couple lines of code to have that mod play in the background of the game. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I wonder if something like this might be able to be used for a game like Lotus 2, you know, which how great would it be if somebody hacked together a version of Lotus 2 that actually had the music playing in the background? Probably pretty difficult, but that would be great. Yeah. You know, I, 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 listen, the next time I program in C-Boat, you can be darn sure I'll be putting, after I make my own mods, because you know I'm great at that, listen, I'll be loading I'll be video, loading sucker right in clearly, here. This video is not targeted to the likes of <laughs> me and you, but... I imagine that there are quite a few more uh, coding-minded people out there that watch yeah. this show, and uh, maybe they can get something out of it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. Is, uh, Good find, yeah. Boat. Nice one, eh? All right. And finally, Aaron, it's time for our new Amiga hardware pick of the week from Retro Rewind. Uh, this is something that's brand new. It was just added this past week. Uh, our buddy Frank has added a selection of capacitor kits to his site. Uh, you know, capacitor kits, you need to have them. If you've got an old Amiga and it's just sitting around, chances are those caps are going to blow sooner or later and you could end up with a lot of damage to your board. So why not take the time right now, head on over to RetroRewind.ca and uh, buy one of these capacitor kits for your Amiga. Uh, They've got all of the models, all the models, Aaron, from the 500 
all the way up to the 4000D, the 4000D. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, all the way up from the 1000. I missed the 1000. They've got literally every model except for the CD32 right here. Um, you can get one of these things and this way you don't have to worry. Oh my gosh, did I actually, you know, did I fat finger, uh, that, you know, the, the wrong part when I was paging through one of these huge sites, ordering capacitors, all that stuff, you know, what you've got, which when, when you get one of these kits and they're very reasonably priced, uh, the 500, the 600, yeah. the 1000, the 1200 or 11 bucks. The big box Amiga sets are uh, 18 bucks. So, uh, you know, uh, Retro Rewind from the great land of Canada, the great white north, he sends these things out. He's a, a, a reputable dealer par excellence. And uh, we thank him for sponsoring uh, this episode of Amigos. I will say this, but because I, you know, I've done a few cap kits in my day, mm-hmm. mostly arcade monitors, which that's a that's a fresh level of hell that I wouldn't subject anybody to. But. This line right here strikes me as it's in bold because it should. Our, our kits include high, the highest quality capacitors. You can't say that with any certainty with it when you buy a random kit on eBay. And I got to tell you, as I, as I was holding capacitors in my hand for that monitor that I ordered off eBay, I'm like, huh, I wonder where these came from. <laughs> I had yeah. that exact thought. That's never a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So if you use the promo code Amigos Rock, you can save 10% off any order. Any order. So that is Retro Rewind. And now it's time to move on, Aaron, to this week's game, Populous 2. Bam. And there we go. Now, Boat, we played Populous 1 way back, if you'll recall. I don't remember the exact episode, but it was a while back. Uh, do you ever have, have you ever had the experience of playing Populous 2? No, never. Believe it or not, I'm going to blow myself up here for once. Look at that. I actually own this game, but yeah, I, I, you know it's funny. I actually own it too. I'm over there looking at the uh, looking at the really, box. yeah. Now we got everything we need to play this bad boy. Now the funny thing is, I don't know how you got your copy, but I do know how I got mine. I started a while back. I was like, you know, I'm going to order a new Amiga game every month. Hmm. That was my plan. And so I'm like, Let's, what's the cheapest thing I can get to start my collection up? Okay, this is before we got that big score from California. And the cheapest thing I could find at the time was Populous 2. I think I paid like seven or eight bucks plus shipping. So it's like 14, 15 bucks uh, when I bought it. Now, this has been a couple years ago. Now, I never had any intentions on playing it, <laughs> but I bought it. I bought it just to, just to have. So <laughs> Just to have on the shelf, even though you're not a stuff on the shelf type guy. Well, I am I am now. I, like, I do. I will say, uh, you know, I want to get into this later on the show, but I'm turning the corner on having the stuff after this episode, which I'll get into. Uh, let's talk about Populous 2, <clears throat> Trial of the God, Trial, excuse me, of the of the Olympian Gods, uh, released on the Amiga the day after my birthday, August 31st, 1991, Boat. Uh, this was a one-disc game developed by Bullfrog, very famous developer, Boat, uh, Peter Molyneux's crew, Right. Uh, they did a lot of good stuff on the uh, on the Amiga. Uh, they did uh, Druid Two, Flood. Uh, they did Populous One, obviously Power Monger, Theme Park Syndicate, plus expansions for all for a lot of those games. Uh, Bullfrog had it all. Then they went on to do stuff like Magic Carpet, which is a really cool game. Uh, Black and White, I think was oh, that was Molyneux. I'm not sure if it was Bullfrog that did that one, but I think it was. Uh, and this was published by Electronic Arts. Um, this game came out on 4 million systems. I was surprised by this boat. Did you see all the systems this was out on? A lot. A lot. <clears throat> like the uh, NEC PC-98, 
the the Super Famicom. Did you know about that one? Yes, I'm going to uh, talk the, about that in a little bit. Oh, you are great. Yeah. Uh, DOS and Windows. The Genesis got it. Uh, the Sharp uh, X68000 got it. Which <laughs> there you go. So a lot of different systems got it. Who would have thought that the Genesis would have gotten this? I would have never have guessed that. Uh, I was surprised to read that one too. Uh, oh, and the, of course, I forgot the Atari ST, the uh, FM Towns Marty, of course, and the Mac. I don't want to leave those guys out, out of the loop. Uh, this was worked on by a whole gaggle of people, but I'll give you the the uh, short list on it. Uh, coded by Peter Molyneux himself, uh, along with Glenn Corpse, uh, a graphics done by Gary Carr and Paul McLaughlin. These guys generally worked on a lot of the Bullfrog stuff, um, as you would expect. Uh, musicians were Charles Calais and Les Edgar, and then a slew of people tested it and whatnot. Uh, it's ECSOCS. Uh, it says here language in the manual, but my manual just has English. But my little uh, my little uh, summary card is multilingual, so I guess that's what that's talking about. I guess the rest of you have to figure it out. This did allow well, you to install you, it on a hard you drive. You bought an well. NTSC version of the game, right? Right, but I mean, it has yeah. a multilingual. So, it has a multilingual book in it, but not both books, just one. Oh, I, I see that what was you kind mean. Of strange. I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this has one one to two player support with a butt. Uh, the the butt being to play two players on this you requires you to have a uh, a connection to another uh, another Amiga whether it's via um, a a, uh, a modem or a serial cable mm-hmm. uh, you know like a, a null modem uh, would be yeah. uh, sort of set up which still just to include that kind of neat uh, yeah. mode yeah uh, so I thought that was kind of cool um, you know I'm glad I had the manual for for a couple reasons and one of which was. The bat, this game has a and at the beginning of it here. I'm going to put it up here. Is there's a comic that, uh, on this? I don't know if you did you see the comic book in this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a little there's a little comic. And book there's the backstory it. there. Yeah, there is. Uh, the comic's only real short. It's not much to it, but the backstory I thought was <clears throat> it's pretty fitting. Uh, so of course it all boils down to the king of the gods uh, boat, and you know who that is. That's the big man Zeus. Z man. So, so, as one of the many sons of Zeus, the All-Father, you demand your rightful place amongst the gods of Mount Olympus. But Zeus isn't about to give you and your inheritance give you your inheritance just for asking. You must prove your worthiness by defeating the 32 divine opponents who ruled the 1000 worlds of Populous 2. There you Let go. Let me ask you, do you have to do this by racing gnomes? No. Listen, who races gnomes? I never could figure that out. But uh, uh, so basically, if you read the co- the comic, and this is actually kind of funny because the whole plot of the comic is Zeus can't stop uh, going down and being with mortal women, which, of course, that's that's Zeus for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so, I, I thought it was funny. I mean, the comic talks about this a lot and yeah. the comic is like and it doesn't just show Zeus descending and and, and ravishing these mortal women as a human. No, no, no. <laughs> it's the switch forms and the animals or different looking people. Zeus has got is a real weirdo, as you can see uh, if you're watching at home. So <clears throat> but you're the product of one of Zeus's many uh, escapades and down on down on the more in a mortal world. And your guy's like, hey. I'm the son of Zeus. I want some of that sweet godlike action. Who can blame yeah, him? Man. I don't blame him. And so they're like, they're like, okay, pal, you can get in on it, but you've got to go through the trials of the Olympic gods. And the trials are like a thousand lands that you got to go through and take on these gods uh, in a godlike way to uh, and and beat them. 
That's the that's the gimmick for the game. So it's a pretty simple concept, really. But if you think about it, beat mm-hmm. the gods at the at, at being a god. Uh, you play you. Of course, we didn't play Populous one a while back. Just from bringing this thing up and looking at, because this is sort of a different, definitely a different plot. What did you think of this setup for this thing? Oh, you know, it's it, it's it, it gives you a reason to to think, I guess, a little bit. But once you start the game, none of that yeah. means anything whatsoever. I mean, you're right. I mean, I will say when you st- it's not like you're talking to Zeus in between scenes and you're being like, I'm coming at you. You know, well, there is a thing. And I I, I know you're a big manual, guys. But I mean, if this would have went right past me if I hadn't had the book. And that is when you create your God. OK, mm-hmm. because you you create your God and you think to yourself, oh, you're creating a God. It's pretty uh, lackluster. Let's put it that way. It's not like you're you're divvying up a ton of stuff to make your God. But one of the things you do is you actually make what your God looks like. Right. Okay. And this part, and you know what I'm talking about here, don't you, Boat? Mm-hmm. Yep. So depending on what your God looks like, it will determine how the computer goes after you. Mm-hmm. If you're mean looking, it takes a certain aggressive approach. If you're mm-hmm. if you're kind of happy looking or thoughtful, it'll take a more of a cerebral uh, cerebral right. approach to the uh, to the uh, combat. And and much like all character creators of all the times, some of the the faces that you create are some of the most ugly visages of the human race that have ever been ever been created. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Uh, it, it's a uh, I wouldn't say they spent a lot of time on the graphics for the faces or uh, that. I mean, they knew where they were going to put their money. <clears throat> But still, I've never seen a game where your looks determine the, the way the computer's going to... Yeah, that, yeah, that is interesting. You're right. And I wonder how many people pirated this and had no idea that that had anything to do with anything. Right. Uh, something else you do is you divvy up your uh, god points, let's go mm-hmm. with that, into your the various elements that will give you, uh, you know, that you could build up to get better powers in the, right. in the various elements. Now, I played around with this, and I could not see any discernible effort or any discernible change in no matter where I put my points. Maybe it's one of the things that you have to play the game for a long time and really accumulate those experience points because you do continue to allocate those as the game goes on. But at the beginning, like I tried, I put everything into people. I put everything into fire or whatever, and I didn't see much difference just from the get go. And I will say the the categories you pick are Earth, water, wind, fire, plants, and people. All right, six Mm. little categories. And they're just little pictures. That's how, that's how the trees grow, right? And so once you've once you've acute, once you've added these points up, bam, it's go time, and you and you let throw down. Now you've got a couple of choices here when you decide how to play. Really, you've got really two choices. You can make a custom game, or you can go take the trial of the gods, basically. And I went with the trial. The custom game is basically like I mean, it, I will say there's a ton of options. Did you try any of the custom game stuff, boat? No, not really. I was just yeah. I was just doing the campaign. But one thing you could do in it is, of course, you could set that up for two players. Uh, you could also, uh, you know, change different things to make different things happen. The way, for example, water affects you, or or which powers are banned or not banned, or uh, uh, swamps, the depth, and this and that. It's it's a ton of options in there. I will say it's. I mean, it gives you a lot of uh, of uh, angles to change the way the game works. So mm-hmm. there you go with that. Um, so if you've played Populous, this should be pretty, I mean, it's a pretty easy learning curve, wouldn't you say, Boat? Absolutely. I mean, it plays a lot like a Populous, except with, but with more Jack. There's more powers. 
there, there's every, everything's a little bit bigger. I would say that I would also say that the interface was a little bit easier than Populous, from what I recall. What, you're you're far more familiar with Populous than I am. What what did you like the interface? That's the changes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they basically yeah. they basically made they updated it for the time that it was released. So in the original Populous, you had to scroll across the screen using buttons on the screen. And right. in this game, you just use the arrow keys and you scroll around like you would with a yeah. modern game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I will say, uh, the first game turned me off big time just by getting around. Yeah. And in this one, uh, you get around pretty easily. I mean, basically, for me, uh, you've got uh, the... the Now, this is one game that takes that uses the... Uh, Noom, the num the numeric keypad of your keyboard. I will say that because I used enter. This is what it says in the book, and that's what I used. I use enter to flip back and forth between two screens, and one screen is like the blown up play field, and then one mm-hmm. screen is that traditional, like everything sort of shrunk down. Plus, you can see the Coliseum and the world map, and right. you really have to use both, don't you, both to get because you have to access well, your powers. You so you, there are by, shortcuts. You can get by without using the big screen. But you just your field of view is so limited that you yeah. really want to use it. But it's it doesn't go the other way around. You cannot only get by by using the big screen. And that's one of the differences we'll talk about a little bit later between some of the other versions of the game in this one. Yeah. So basically, your goal is to expand your the your people, the good people to uh, and and expand out their uh, civilization up to where you can just basically run over and be, beat the tar out of the bad people. Uh, and the adventures that I played. And I have to say, uh, you know, I was telling Boat before the show, <clears throat> when we covered Populous way back, I was real nervous about that episode because I really didn't have a good grasp of the game. Uh, I didn't feel like I just, I didn't understand the concepts. I didn't understand the controls. And I, I will say having the manual helped me a lot. I, I had a much better grasp on Populous too. Maybe it was because they'd updated stuff too to make it a little bit easier for more of a dumb guy to get involved. But really, when you boil this game down, you're you start off by flattening your land out to make your uh, to have your people build their houses a bit the big the bigger castles, and then once you've got a, a goodly amount of those set up, you can go back and click on the middle of those castles to basically send out people to, to go out in the world to basically expand. Right. And so and you're so forever this, this is another thing that's different than the first Populous game. So there's a special word they use in this game to when you whenever you yeah. you send forth people from a structure, and that word is sprong. Yes, P R is it S P R O N G? Am I getting that right? Yeah, it was that was a name I've never sprog S P R O G R O G. Okay, yeah. So you sprog people from these buildings, and it causes them to to go forth and uh and and do whatever you tell them to do in a roundabout way depending on what what thing you click on the side of the screen in the original populace you didn't have that option you had to actually raise or lower the land around your structure to cause the your the structure to upgrade or downgrade itself and make the people come from it it was really really not great that's probably the biggest benefit to populace 2 because you're sprogging till the cows come home I mean, that's that's all you're doing. Yeah. And so uh, and uh, and being able to do that without having to raise or lower the terrain is a big help. Yeah. Uh, The uh, a lot of this game, at least the early part of the game involves land manipulation, quite a bit of it, because early on, you don't your man is low. And so uh, 
I, I was able to, I guess, terraform my property a lot easier than I used to be able to. I don't know if it was moving at a better clip. I can't explain that. And I didn't go back and play populous when I probably should have. But to me, I didn't. I, I was able to get around. Maybe it's just because I could get around better. Yeah, I, I think it. I went back and I played populous one some. Yeah. I, my original plan was not to, just in case it came up on a second look or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I needed to see it. And what you said is right on the head. The actually raising and lowering the land, that mechanic is the same. Uh, but right. the difference is being able to move with the arrow keys and be able to center your cursor. All that stuff works so much better yeah. that it's like the whole thing just plays better. You can whip around real good, especially if you're like early in the game. Now, again, I don't use my strategy as gospel because I'm a doofus. But my strategy was early in the game flatten as much land as possible. This may be everyone's strategy. I don't know. And then <clears throat> get everyone up to their castles. The castles in this, I think there are seven squares. Uh, as I read, that they're bigger than the original. Uh, and then once you once you start getting a bunch of castles, you've got a bunch of people roaming around, that's when you can start uh, planning your attack. You know, with with and that's where these little buttons on the side come in. Let's, let's talk about the buttons in this boat. There's a lot okay. of... Before, sorry, before we talk about the buttons, we, we were schooled on Sprog in the chat by Mitsuyama. Mitsuyama says that Sprog is slang in the UK for a child or a baby. Oh, thank you. Very good. Yeah. That's good. I was wondering where that came from. I just thought it was a made up word, to be honest Me with too. you. Me too. So it's funny. I was I found uh, the wiki has an interview with Molyneux. Of course, you know, Molyneux is a uh, is a classic. He's renowned for his baloney when he talks which I like, <laughs> but he was talking in this. He had a bunch of crazy stuff he talked about. And one of the things he talked about was the fact that they were having trouble with the buttons because there were so many buttons in this. There's so many powers. There's tons more than the original. And so <clears throat> one of the things he mentioned was that they had to change the way the game played because they had too many icons. So when you've got, you know, when you, you've got your uh, Earth, and wind and fire, there's all the six elements thing. Mm -hmm. They added that in because that was the only way they could get the buttons to be big enough to see. Mm. He said the, they were so, they were so, they had uh, buttons that were four pixels by eight pixels wide. <laughs> Those were the buttons in here. That's, they, yeah, that's so, way too small. And he wasn't happy with it either. He, he didn't want to do that, but he didn't see there was, there was a choice because of the amount of stuff that needed to be pressed. So mm -hmm. they had to compress, they had to change the way the UI worked. They basically had to change the way the game worked too. Something else I thought it was funny he mentioned was that he had told people that there would be a there would be a pretty easy way he figured to export your populous maps to Sim City, which that never happened. I don't know where that <laughs> that's classic Molyneux, though. Yeah. You know, they go, he, it just reminds me of all the things around Fable. In Fable, you'll be able to live like a real person your whole life. And yeah, yeah, it, we've, it, we've it, been it, down that road before. He's got a bunch. He's got a bunch of wacky lines. He also mentioned that this thing was completely rewritten from scratch because he doesn't believe in doing sequels where you just update the code. He goes, he said that's a he goes that's a, a expansion disc. We've already done those, so it's a complete rewrite. So I'm surprised to hear that because <laughs> there are many things in this game, like the whole train raising and lowering thing. That's yeah. based. I mean, it literally functions the same way. I guess you know rewriting the code doesn't mean you can't use parts of things from from before. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you think about all the powers, according to what this says, in Populous, you could have eight powers, and this you could have 29 powers. That's a ton that's of a, Yeah, yeah, a, a huge powers. amount. Yeah, and so that's why they had to drop it. So anyway, getting back to these buttons. Uh, you've got buttons that do sort of mundane stuff, like make you know turn the digging on and off, the, you know, the earth building. 
Uh, you've got buttons that tell your people what to do. You know, like, should you go towards your idol? Should you come together to, to empower yourself? You know, there's a, there's that sort of, should you attack? Mm-hmm. You've got buttons for that. Then you've got buttons that come out uh, to give you access to all your godlike powers. And it's all, all that stuff is based, well, not all of it, but the powers are based on how much mana you've got. That old, they got, they, they broke that thing back out, the old mana uh, mm-hmm. gimmick. And so as you go through the game, your mana will build up as your, as your population builds up. And so until you get enough mana to do stuff, you can't do it, uh, uh, Bode, unfortunately. And, but as you go through the game and you're building up your population, your mana will, your mana will creep up. You'll also notice that on the, on the smaller map that has the world map and the Colosseum on it, the Colosseum indicates how, many, how your population is doing and how your, uh, how your opponent's population is doing. And it does that by putting people in the stands, basically. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. That's yeah. one of my favorite features of this game is yeah. seeing the Coliseum fill up with opposite sides of amounts of people wearing red and blue. It's like a sporting arena, you know, where you see the different fans on the different sides. And it does let you see at a glance how well you're doing versus the computer opponent. Yeah, because that's when you... One of the buttons you could pick is Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And when you pick that... It's very much like our uh, uh, Archon Two old, old when you basically when you hit the button that means every every side everything they've got is just coming together in a big huge free for all death battle right and then and and it, so if you look at the Coliseum and you've got those suckers outnumbered you can go ahead and drop the hammer if you mm-hmm. if you desire now I read some stuff on uh, on score in this game because this game does have a score it's a mm-hmm. score game. And you wouldn't think that a game like this would be score based. I wouldn't even. It, I mean, it's not like it's an arcade game or something. But I read that the scoring pr- is is directly related to the amount of uh, experience points, god points you get to put in your powers. And so you really sort of want to draw the games out as long as you can. And so I, that was the tips I read. Right. And so I never, I never did army. I always just, I would wait till the last guy was dead. I I just send my guys in, wipe everybody out. And then I doubt was that did that help me? I'm not sure. Did you what was your strategy, Boat, when you were dealing with this thing? That was not my strategy at all. Okay, well um, I'm good. I want to hear what you did. My strategy was grow your population as fast as possible. Okay. Every once in a while, pop over to the bad guy and start burying his uh, you know, burying his people and drown them or whatever. <laughs> uh then you cast some fire upon them. Yeah. And then you hop back to your spot. And you continue to terraform and grow your settlements. And as soon as you have just a little bit of an edge over the computer player, like when you see that you just have a few more people, yeah. you wait until you get enough mana and then trigger Armageddon. And that, then yeah, you that's, win almost every time. That's totally different than what I did. Uh, because what I would do was I wouldn't even fool with the computer uh, for a long time. I would just let them do their thing. <clears throat> and I would I would do nothing but build my flatten my land. I'm a flattener, man. Mm-hmm. And I would flatten it. I wanted everyone to have castles. Then I was having sprog and left and right. And then once you get a good sprog going, boat, you gotta get that going. Once you get a ton of people in the Coliseum, then I would go over and fool around with the bad guys just by screwing up their cities and stuff. Right. But I I know that you know it takes that even even t- the terraforming takes mana. So mm-hmm. you could actually, by not doing that, you could actually save some mana in the long run. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to terraform with abandon, but you can't get the, you know, you can't get the ultimate structures, which are going to give you your best people and they're going to give you your most amount of people right. uh, without having those castles. I believe that in this game, you need a seven by seven square surrounding a land plot for the castle, which is the highest level of structure. Right. And so you're going to be spending a ton of time 
in this game, raising and lowering land. Oh, what, I, what I was saying is I don't go over and actually screw with the enemy's land is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, generally, I didn't do that. Now, it is funny to do it. Don't get me wrong. When they, when they get something built and you go over and, and wreck it, that's, right. that's always a good time. Uh, and it that is does weird. Down. I I thought that was one of the weirder things about this game because can you imagine like a real time strategy game like StarCraft or something where you can go over and you can just mess with the other player's stuff? I yeah. mean, it seems unfair and it seems like sort of counterproductive to the what what you're trying to do. But that's the way that he wrote the game. It's, it's the, funny, the, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. I was reading uh, some people talking about playing the two player version of this, and one of the things you can do, of course, you can screw with people in that. Okay, right, and right. one thing, like when someone drops one of those like uh, fire uh, towers on you, you can just turn that land underneath it to water. <laughs> it just goes. <laughs> so I mean, great, it, yeah. it works. So both there, ways, there is a know? strategy where you can deal with it, and of course, like you said, all the time that you're wasting and screwing with the other guy is time that you're not building up your own forces. So you can't just do that and expect to win. Now something else, and we this is important. We got to touch on is the creation of a, your heroes. And use of the of the papal magnet, the boat. papal magnet, yes, the papal magnet is a it's sort of like an idol or 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 a religious mm-hmm. icon that you what you can do what I used to do with it, and I don't know how you hang. I'm like I said, we haven't talked about our strategy, so it's kind of interesting for me to hear what you did. Once I got my jack going, I dropped that papal magnet right in the middle of their of the bad guy's joint. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd stick it right there, and then I then you send then you get your once you've got your guys grouped together where you got a, a lot of studs. You send those suckers over, man, to drop the hammer. Now you you can attack a couple different ways, but one of the things you could do is tell, if, tell them to go get that papal magnet. And they'll run. They'll make a beeline to right. it, and you can sort of pinpoint where you're sending your guys, as opposed to just a general attack where they just sort of staggered over. You know. Yeah, How what did I did, it? like I said, I we we just went about things a different way. I put my papal magnet right in the middle of my settlement. Oh that yeah, way the, the guys didn't have far to go to get powered up by that papal magnet. You get all of them in there, and then you wait for Armageddon, and then you turn them loose, and then they just overrun the the, the competition. I do like the idea that we could, that you could have vastly different approaches to how you play oh, the yeah. game yeah absolutely part, of course part of that's also going to be the kind of god you make and also we should mention that part of this when you're in when you're in competition in this game you're actually competing against another god mm-hmm. and so you can actually look at their stats and the way they do stuff you know some gods are more uh uh you know brute forcey some of them are more intelligent in their attacks uh, some of them they have they have different strategies, so that, I think that's kind of a neat uh, element to the game. You can at any time you can kind of click on their their little readout to see what they what they would do, you know. So yeah. I, I thought I always thought that was kind of neat. Um, the power we mentioned that there were tons more powers in this, and there are tons and tons of powers. I'm not going to go into all of them, but I mean you can do stuff like uh, lay down plagues. You can do earthquakes, which I believe that was in the first one. Uh, you can plant fungus. You can put swamps and stuff down. Uh, there's you can actually put uh, uh, whirlpools that are that they you place them off the land that when they get near the land they just break the land into water. They're yeah. really and those the, are real the, nasty. All of the effects are very very well done. I think. Yeah. Like the, the got, swamps are neat looking. The yeah. whirlpools are cool. Yeah, you've got uh, rain of fire, volcano, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of just crazy stuff. I didn't get to play with har- hardly any of these either. Baptismal fonts is another one because these your people will drown in them. You no, know? no, no. When the baptismal fonts, they they turn into the other religion. Yeah, that, you know, they, they go the in them fonts. and then they come out as the ba- as as uh, right. the enemy. Yeah, right. That's right. So you've got tons of stuff. I never got to use those. I just read about them. You've got tons of different options uh, when it comes to how you're going to play it, what you're going to do now. 
the the God powers that I got to try, I only got to try two, maybe two or three. I, I got lucky because someone had wrote a pass a bunch of passwords in the back of the book, oh. so I could kind of skip ahead and try nice, some different nice. stuff. Yeah. I guess I could have looked them up, but they were written there, so I just tried some. Well, I did that, and what I saw on on Lemon was like, it might be this, or it might be this, or it might be that. And I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother, because yeah. that, well, clearly somebody's just writing random things on Lemon. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, last week, it's funny, you mentioned that, it's like, oh, Aaron, you, we got another strategy game. And I'm telling you, I was sweating this one. I mean, big time. But I've got to say... I really enjoyed this game. I was surprised how much I got into it. Now there are th- there are some elements of it that are, are currently beyond my scope in terms of like strategies and stuff. But I mean the the basics of the game are pretty basic. I mean it's not like you're reinventing the wheel here. Uh, what what were your overall thoughts on this one, Boatster? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I enjoyed this much more than I thought I would. It had been a really long time, of course, since we played Populous, so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten almost everything I knew about it, um, and. There's just something cathartic about the the way that you raise and lower the land and you make it all flat and nice. Like I had fun just doing that. Like if the game would have been called Earth Flattener, I would have been happy. You know, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I would not have been happy about that. Earth yeah, I, I just there, there's something it, it speaks to just like, I don't know, that that same sort of feeling that I have when I play Katamari Damacy, where it's like you got something yeah. messy and you clean it up. You got a bunch of hilly terrain. You make it all flat and nice and smooth. I love it. Um the game is not overly complicated. I mean, the game, when you boil it all down, is you're trying to grow your population to make it bigger than the other guys, and then you trigger Armageddon, or you just beat them you know, with brute force without triggering Armageddon, um, and you, 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 you just destroy all the other guys' stuff. Um, and, and that's, and then you move on to the next stage. Uh, the powers, like, you know, the powers are all cool. I, I didn't get to use a lot of the powers, but you know, I, from looking at, at animations on, on YouTube long plays and stuff, they look really great. This was a game that you can easily sit down and start playing and look up and an hour has passed and it does not feel like an hour. I mean, the, the game is very immersive. It's a lot like civilization. In fact, that it's just a, it's a, it's a big time waster, but in a good way. Um, you know, I could definitely see myself putting hours and hours and hours into this as a kid. One of the things I think was interesting is the, when you advance in this, <clears throat> and I thought this was, and there's a thousand, there's basically a thousand maps in this. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you finish a level, you won't just go to map two. It will look at how you did. And the better you do, the more it will skip you ahead effectively. Mm. So you can, you won't be going like if you sucked real bad, you may only skip ahead one or two maps. But if you're, Really, really good. You could skip ahead, you know, ten maps or something like that. I'm not sure the exact number, but that's an interesting way to do it. Um, I do like the fact I said that this did support the uh, hard drive installation back in the day, which was always a, a plus uh, to th- to have. So I like the music. I like the uh, the little alarms, the little uh, dings and stuff. They they make sense. You eventually you understand what they mean. You know, you know some, you know what's going on. Uh, I like the graphics. I, I wish. You've got all those tiles to work on. And so I I kept having to go back and get my book to see what they meant over and over. Now, eventually I memorized the most important ones. But, you know, again, we're going, we're done. I I mean, there's really not that many. There's only four. Well, well, no, there's way more. I'm looking at all the different tiles on just on this map we're looking at. There's well, like yeah, I mean, you've got, you've, got, you've got your power tiles on the on the left side, yeah. and those are pretty self-explained. I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I feel like because on the right side, you've got your you've got your papal magnet, 
you've got the gather, you've got the fight, and you've got the settle on the right side. On the left side, yeah, I didn't, I don't know exactly what all those things do, but they're all different powers that wreak havoc upon the enemy, plus the raise and lower thing. What I would like to have had, now no one did this, okay, I know, but it would have been nice if, to have the gimmick where you could put your mouse over it and it would just say what it is. You know, oh, in a yeah. little bubble. Yeah, and, I, and, you know, and in a couple of years, I'm sure that that would have been added yeah. if this had come so, out a couple of years listen, later. Listen, you know, my memory ain't the best, Boat, uh, but uh, it would have helped me. But I, I did like that. Uh, there were still some stuff I wasn't quite understanding, like the, cre- the creation of of, of your... Uh, you, you create, like, basically a leader, and then you can create heroes, and you also when your people intermingle... Together, when you gather them, they they will basically generate a better warriors. And right. of course, and, that, they, the and book, that, that's the idea is that when you send them all to the papal magnate, they they yeah. they get supercharged somehow, and you 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 select your warriors from those people. And then the the, the thing that I couldn't understand is like there's a leader, right? Yeah, and the the leader is the first person that touches the papal magnet. But whenever you uh, whenever you give the go to the papal magnet. Uh, or no, whenever you create a hero, you have to choose a new leader and that will be the person that goes to the papal magnet. So that part of things, I think that you and I were confused by the same sorts of things in yeah. this game after hearing yeah. you explain. And, and that's one of those things where eventually, I mean, I knew enough to be dangerous. And I will mm. say, uh, I got to play this uh, over a period of a couple nights this week. And you're right, you would go in for like a long session. And I, I was telling about earlier, I was pleased because I actually found success. Like, I didn't get instantly murdered. I could beat the first, like, two or three levels of, like, going away. I feel good about it, you know. It's nice to get a couple wins under your belt, you know, before it gets super difficult. So I like right. that. Now, right. And, and, the, in the, and what you were describing earlier about the way that they handle the difficulty curve, I think, is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because it doesn't keep experienced players from just playing easy boards over and over again. It will skip them ahead. But for people like you and me, you know, I could use as many easy boards as they can throw at me. Yeah. I, uh, um, I think overall, as far as these sorts of games go, this this may be my favorite now, just on the sheer basis that I can sort of kind of play it. So mm-hmm. I'll give it two thumbs up for that. Now, Would you, did you enjoy this one more than Colonization? Yes, I did. But this was far. I thought this was easier than Colonization. Oh yeah, that might be part absolutely. Of it. And absolutely. so, and certainly more streamlined. Now, this is not going to feed the same. This isn't going to uh, scratch the same itch that Colonization will. Because I mean, it really is a whole different type of game with a lot of micromanagement and stuff going on. But I, I don't like that. It's and it's I don't like that sort of game. It's just it's too much for yeah. me. This game, I will say, this may be that my, uh, this may be my kind of game. Just on the basis that it's not super mega. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't get super hard or deep because I didn't get far enough to know. But I mean, it's playable. And yeah. I could, and I think I, could get I, I agree better, with you. you know? I'm hundred percent with you. I love this type of game. It's like strategy light, you know, where you've got some strategy, but it's also like the overall mechanics of the game are easy to understand. You might not understand all the finer points right at first, yeah. but you can get a handle on it pretty early on. And I like that. And the funny thing about it is like I said, when we played populous. I was so uh, confused and I never wanted to play that game. Uh, so, but like I said, I think part of it's just the fact that I had the book here in house. I could mm-hmm. sit down and really ponder it and go through the book while I was playing. That helped a lot. So I'm starting to think maybe I need to start buying more games, but I hate to say it, <laughs> but I, I'm serious. I, I mean, and I don't mean just getting a text file, having the book and having it arranged with the graphics yeah. and stuff. I, I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm, 
that makes more of a difference than anything. I think is having Absolutely. the actual. You well, know, you know, when, like uh, we talked about this before the show, I think. But you know, what I always do the day after we film is whatever the next week's games are. It's Saturday morning. I get up at five thirty, and I oh, I pour myself a cup of coffee, and I open up Hall of Light on my iPad where they have the full scan of the manual. Yeah. On Lemon, they've got the text files, and like you said, those are not as good because you don't get the layout, you don't get the graphics, and it's not as good. Now, nothing's as good like you have like having the book in your hand. That's the number one best. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it helped in my, it helped me a lot. So uh, we mentioned this got released on a, on a bunch of different machines. I just grabbed uh, the uh, DOS version for comparison. Uh, I believe I read that the DOS version was a uh, VGA 16 color. Uh, and it yeah, looks, so I, I can talk a little bit about this. Oh, please. Yeah. So the DOS version runs in 256 bit color or it can run in 16 color high res mode, which I believe is what you're seeing right here. The 16 color high res mode looks a lot better than the Amiga version. However, the DOS version did not appear until 1993. It appeared yeah. two full years after the Amiga version. So it's no wonder that they had time to go back and make things look better. Uh, the DOS version, I played this on ExoDOS. Aaron, have you heard of ExoDOS before? I hear it's the bomb. It's the bomb.com. <laughs> I'd never used it before. And I kind of poo-pooed it because I knew you were into it. But man, it's awesome. It rules. I downloaded yeah. that thing and I was I it was great. So anyway, I played Flack, this on Jack Flack turned me on to that, by the way. I played this on Exodos and uh and it looks better, it runs faster, but the biggest difference is that you can use the, when you go to full screen mode, it pops up those tile, it pops up the buttons in the side of the screen like you have in SimCity. So imagine like yeah, all the icons that. they yeah. pop up in, and the Amiga version does not do that. And so that alone makes the DOS version superior. But again, it came out two years after the Amiga version, so they had some yeah. time to make. They had better. time. They had time to uh, to uh, understand. Plus, there a lot happens in two years in terms of the menu design and right, stuff. Right, you know, a lot. There was probably a lot of other stuff that came out that that uh, uh, gave them the idea to do it. Now, but I, mean, I also I also took a look at the Super Nintendo version of this. Oh, game, you Aaron. did? Okay. So the Super Nintendo version of Populous Two only got a European release. Uh, only uh, only in Europe. Maybe it got a Japanese release. It did not get a, a U.S. release. It's Populous listed 2, as, a, so. as a Super Famicom game. So you yeah, can so say it probably that it probably came it out in Japan. Probably came out in Europe, but not in the United States for some reason. Um, it is almost unplayable. Uh, it runs super duper slow. Uh, the scrolling with the control pad is super, super slow. Um, this It is not fun. It's not a fun game to play. Now, they have made uh, advancements in the way that the story is. There's actually, oh, I don't know if you'd call it a story mode or not, but there's an overview that shows you a map, I think, of, of Greece or somewhere, whatever mystical place this is. And as you complete boards, you move, you make progress across this track. Okay. And the track is leading up to Zeus, I assume. And so they try to do a little bit to flesh the story out more in the game. But moving the cursor with the mouse and also moving the the uh, the world, you know, scrolling across the world, super, super slow. I would not recommend you play the Super Nintendo version of Populous. You know, you could see where that would be a um, that would be an interesting title to try to port over. And it probably a very difficult uh, thing to get on. I mean, yeah, I I'm mean, not graphics, saying that Super couldn't pull it off, but I'm saying that I, I can see where it could be difficult for it. Yeah, graphics-wise, it looks the same as the Amiga version, but just without that keyboard control and the mouse yeah. control, it's it's no good. 
Very good, very good. Um, I uh, looked up some reviews on this boaster, as you know, I, I like to do. Uh, this is a pretty popular game. Uh, Lemon gives this an 8.43, very high praise from the Lemon folks. Uh, the magazines uh, were very fond of it. Uh, just to name a few, Amiga Action gave it a 90. Amiga Computing gave it a 95. Amiga Format gave it a 95. Amiga Joker, 91, Boat. Mm, they so, were all yeah. up in it. Amiga Mania, brother, gave it an 85%. <laughs> Uh, Amiga Power, a 90, and Amiga Power, the earlier one where it came out first, the, that 90 was its revisit uh, to it. The original mm -hmm. review, 93. And mm -hmm. CU Amiga, 97. Overall average magazine average was 92%. Nice. So very yeah. good. What did our Discord people think about this one, Boatster? Oh, well, we got quite a few reviews this week. Lord Soup leads the charge. He says, once a masterpiece, but the gameplay hasn't worn time well. I played this for hours back in the day, but now it's only fun for a while. 7 out of 10 for legacy more than playability. Graham W. Webke writes, I do get why this game is termed as a classic, but it just doesn't gel with me. It does keep the same formula as the first game and refines it, but I do find the AI requires a sledgehammer to shell a peanut. That <laughs> style of gameplay may have worked years ago, but ultimately not that enjoyable now. The art looks better than the first game in the series, yet I still prefer the first game given a choice between the two. However, this series is not really my style of strategy game, but if you enjoy playing as a god and like terraforming, this is the series for you. Six out of ten. Jason Warns writes, Better. 7.5 out of ten. Super Famiking writes, I never liked the first Populous as apart from Megalomania. I've never enjoyed god games, so I've never tried the sequel until this week. Unfortunately, again, like the original, this goes right over my head. The game looks nice. It has decent mouse controls and important keyboard shortcuts. Although the game starts you off easily, it quickly ramps up the difficulty, and I got stuck fairly early on when my villagers were evicted. There's a fair amount of options and different skills and spells, but never having direct control over your inhabitants feels disconnected. I know this is regarded as a classic, but I've never seen the appeal of this game genre in general. Five out of ten. Wow. Chris Folds writes, this is a difficult game to play in 2021. However, I judge all games based on what I could have played at the time, 1991 in this case. I did play the heck out of this in the day. It was unique, innovative, different, and very engaging and stood head and shoulders above the competition in its day. So it deserves a solid 8.5 out of 10. However, in 2021, I wouldn't recommend anybody play this game as the genre just evolved so much. Now it's just a lesson in frustration. Zorglub writes, I loved it back in the day and was amazed by the graphics back then. I have a boxed copy of it in now because I remember it so fondly. Was looking forward to play it and still find it enjoyable. Would probably play SimCity 2000 or Dune 2 instead today. I expected more from the sound. I gave this game 7 out of 10. We didn't mention that, Aaron. This game cries out for a soundtrack and there is nothing. I was surprised no that I was I was surprised by that because the opening is nice and it comes yeah, up and it, very it, nice. it, the little jingles and it plays mm -hmm. when you win and stuff are nice. Yeah. Um I don't know, maybe they thought it'd be too irritating or something maybe to play so. over and over. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Paul aka Hermsky writes a Herm firm 9 out of 10. This was a game that had me hooked back in the day having spent many hours playing this. A game that was very addictive that grabbed my attention from the off I remember always struggling leveling the land, though. My eyes could not cope. I could not risk playing this game this time around. Really could not risk more lost hours. <laughs> and, 
And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, I've never played any of the Populous games, bar a little of the third on the PC, but as a strategy fan, I honestly expected to love this. Mechanically, it works well enough, but after playing it for a few hours, I just found myself bored. There doesn't seem to be much of a challenge or much to do. Flatten the land, gather people, zap the enemies, repeat. I mean, it looks pretty enough, but the sound is lacking. I was prepared to give it the benefit of the doubt, but consulting the records, in 1991, you could have been playing Megalomania, Battle Isle, SimCity, or a whole host of other better strategy games. It's a shame. I wanted it to be better. Maybe I missed something? 5 out of 10. So the Discord community, much less high on this game than we are, Aaron. I would. Uh, this is easily an A game for me. For me... I loved it, but I can see, you know why they like she, the last person mentioned Battle Isle. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I if like you're into Battle Isle, I can see why this yeah. might, might not this be your is, bag. This is light fair to your harder core people. So, right. for, but perfect for me. Hey, before we close this one up, I wanted to mention something I, I thought was amusing in the back of the manual. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it's a it's a copy protection warning. Did you see this? No. It says Zeus says copying <laughs> software is ungodlike. None of my kids would participate in such a travesty of honesty. These immortal words were found etched in the stones that line the foothills of Mount Olympus in Greece. They were a divine confirmation of what we mortals have known all along, that copying software illegally is only practiced by the lowest form of pond scum. So there you go. Words from the great man himself, Boat. (laughs) The great man himself. So yeah. I like that boat. That was a good time. I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, my friend. All right, Aaron. Well, let's move on to uh, we've got a lot of stuff happening in the uh, everything Amiga community this month, the, the Amigos retro gaming community at large. Let's start things off from our website, everythingamiga.com. We have a new article there, Aaron. We sure do. Our good buddy, our our bosom chum, Graham W. Ebke, put a little thing up here called Outrun Homebrew Better Than Official Releases. Uh, we all know uh, that the Amiga version of Outrun is an El Dudo. Yes. And Graham goes into great detail here. He talks about the arcade version, and then he sort of talks about what he likes about it, and then he talks about the conversions. And there were some decent conversions of this. We just didn't get on the Amiga. Uh, <laughs> the Amiga also has that bizarre opening screen. It's a lot of weird stuff. He mentions that his favorite conversion is on the Turbo Graphics. i got to say... Uh, I have played this and it's it's real good. Have you played this uh, before, Boat? Yeah, yeah. The Turbo Graphics version is great. That's probably my favorite two of the eight bit platforms. But the Sega yeah. Master System version also very good. Of course, yeah. it being a Sega arcade game, that probably has something to do with it. He also, I love this part because you know I know you hate the original Xbox. Oh, you hate it. you hate the controllers, hate yeah. everything. Wrong. Zeus doesn't like that either. Neither does me <laughs> because it's actually a darn fine console. It also had Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast, which is a real fun, like uh, Outrunish game. That it's like it's like sort of like the ultimate uh, evolution of the Outrun series. Yeah. A great. I game. I, I, ha- I did play this on the on the Xbox, and it yeah. is very good. I believe there's also a PS2. Yeah, PlayStation there is. There's a PS2 well. release. It's very expensive. I went to buy it. And it was like seventy five bucks. Really? So, yeah. Talk to me later. Um, you've also got. Remember this? I remember hearing about this a long time ago. Cannonball, the enhanced Outrun engine mm-hmm. Amiga port. That this is like the classic like a, example yeah. of building an engine that ninety nine point nine nine percent of Amiga owners cannot take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Look this at the would, system specs that you need for yeah, this. Yeah, you need a Vampire Two with a bunch of. <laughs> With a gold two core or better. I don't even know yeah. what that means. 
We've got at bare minimum, we've got we've got like brass or we don't have anything near gold. We've got the lead core. What's that? So, anyway, a great article from Graham. I was glad to see something pop over on everything Amiga. So if you get a chance, pop over, uh log in to everythingamiga.com and check this out and maybe leave a comment or two about maybe what your favorite uh, versions of Outrun are or what you would like to see in an out in an ultimate outrun game. I think this is an excellent, excellent question to answer, Bode. Yeah, man. Now let's head on over to the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel. A lot of a lot of hot hot action this week, Aaron. Well, it was it was a lot of something this week. I can tell you that. Let's begin here with. I'm trying to see where we left off here, boat. Uh, ARG they, presents. Oh God, I was afraid you're going to say that. So yeah, I guess some people may hear, have heard about this already. Me and the Brent covered uh, the Timex Sinclair 1000. Uh, and it was a a, a a contentious episode, boat. There was a lot of headbutting in this one. Yes, uh, over this. Now we both agree that the Timex Sinclair One Thousand, a decent little machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people. It's funny we got a lot of comments on our video about people having these things, thinking they were cheap crap, and that was that was the rep these had in the states. I can tell you that right now. I remember right. seeing these at like a Kmart in a huge basket. I mean, they were giving these things away. Uh, towards the end mm-hmm. and, and they had a rep for just being junk you know but they were well, I don't the, think... the membrane keyboard didn't do them any favors well sure. this is not the uk and americans didn't get the low cost i don't think they got understood the low cost pc thing yeah well Plus, we're all rich that's why well and there's another thing called the, the the since the c64 was such a huge deal over here and, and and the Vic twenty and all these other machines. Now the Vic twenty, they kept lowering the cost on it until yeah, they that, that, screwed that's the them, real you know? reason. I mean, it's the they made the way. Vic so affordable that it cut any machine that looked anything like this right out yeah. of the market. So it was it was real fun to research. So we looked at two. We looked at one game, and then we looked at whatever Brent picked. Brent picked this thing called Gulp, which is sort of All-time a time classic, a Dodge slash Pac Man ripoff with the unique. Uh, addition that it doesn't have any sort of advancement once you clear the first <laughs> level you just sit there and die oh right that's it that's that's it that's all there is that was his choice i picked a much more awesome uh uh fortress of zorlock where you uh get in a spaceship with full full and up and back left and right motion and try to infiltrate zorlock's evil shield to kill the man himself Mm-hmm. A brilliant game uh, with great graphics and all around fun times. Yet I was every chance I got, the chat and Brent beat me down on this thing to the point that I almost had a blew a gasket right there on the show <laughs> boat. So if you want to watch a man lose his mind, this is the week for you because I just about lost it on this one. But now you watched the show. Did you have? I think you talked to me about this. Did you have a final thought on how that went down? Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I, I agree that your game looked better. Now, I didn't play it. So that said, your game looked better. It looked to be, like you said, it looked to be more of a game than Brent's game. His game so. wasn't a game. I, I'm standing by that. <laughs> by the way, I'm not going to go over, but I also released an uncut version of the feed from that day because you can see me blow a bigger casket after the show uh so if you want to watch that that's also up there it's called arg 157 rage edition um speaking of me boat because i can't get enough of myself i also last friday i did a couple hours of zx spectrum on the un amiga boat oh yeah it was two big hours of nothing but sweet sweet zx action uh, I learned a little bit. Uh, we laughed. We loved. It was a good time. 
Uh, I learned that my Unamiga can't play most of the next titles, but it can play pretty much everything b- before that, including ZX81 uh, stuff. And I had a good time uh, playing uh, the old ZX. Listen, and you've, you've got full access to the ZX Spectrum library now, so that's that's saying something. I can't tell you. Uh, listen, I'm I'm not being facetious here, cute. I can't tell you how happy I am about that. Yeah, and you know that because yeah, emulating absolutely. the spectrum sucks. Yeah, it's uh, no and, good. And the FPGA uh, Unamiga version of the ZX Spectrum was solid gold money. It ran everything that was a Spectrum game and a ZX81 game, and it read it. It ran it great with full joystick support on everything that supported it. It was great. So I am doubling up on ZX action. I love it. And I just got some of the some of my friends on Discord sent me a bunch of uh, packages to get my ROMs up to snuff. So now I'm armed. I'm rock, locked, cocked, ready to rock mode. Awesome. Uh, but anyway, if you want to see me play some ZX games on the Unamiga, pop one over. I can tell you no one else is doing it. So if you want to see the Unamiga, how it works on this stuff, come see me. Um, boat, <laughs> here we go. Speaking of bad, <laughs> speaking of bad and disappointing games, it's more ZX action on R. Sinclair as we tackled your choice, but tell them about it. So this was Yogi Bear. Speaking of box games, I've still got Yogi Bear. I keep it here as a warning to just not pick stuff <laughs> off the shelf for R. Sinclair. Uh, this is this is it's not the worst game we've ever covered before. No, no, but it is not an enjoyable romp through Jellystone Park. I can tell you that right now. It could have uh, been. It, it was, it so, it was been. close. It was close. The, the game is is pretty. It looks good. The colors are fine. Um, the game does uh, look like a hat. Chad said it looked like it was sponsored by Mountain Dew because everything was so yellow. But uh, <laughs> the uh, it uh, the problem is is the controls were bad. The concept was stupid, and uh, it just it just wasn't fun. But uh, it's always a good time to talk about old Yogi and Boo Boo and Ranger Smith and all those guys and uh, and and talk about what might have been, Aaron. So if you're at all interested in the ZX Spectrum and you want to hear our take on Yogi Bear, uh, check that out. Listen, no one, I, I guarantee you, no two people have ever given more time for analysis of the Yogi Bear game than we did. <laughs> we, went into, we went into vivid, cold detail. I mean, I went back and rewatched this. Of course, I had to because this also required many, many edits because right. of your we internet. We had issues with the internet. Yeah. But uh, we really, I have to say, we did a full we did a full uh, synopsis of this game and tore it apart from the beginning to end. So I think if you're in the Yogi Bear or the ZX, Give it a shot. I was happy to be back in the saddle of the old uh, R. Sinclair boat. That was good. Absolutely. Let's. Oh, here we go, boat. Speaking of internet issues, the first time you didn't get it, but the second time it took. Let's talk about boat tails. So yeah, I I, um ever since we uh, you guys covered uh, Ducktales on ARG, uh, I've been uh, playing this game more, uh, and um, I decided, hey, why not try and complete the game? uh, You know, and stream it. So uh, I started off playing, and uh, Twitch decided to work its magic. Uh, <laughs> at, the, at the very beginning, we lost the first six minutes of the stream. I uh, was muted for reasons unknown to me. Is uh, it the and song? Then, Maybe the song. And well, uh, well, the the problem. Well, the thing is, though, I was talking during that whole time. 
I can kind of understand during the moon level, I purposefully didn't talk for like a minute. I was like, let's just all listen to the awesome moon theme, shall we? Yeah. And there was, and I can understand why, I mean, I really can't understand why Twitch mutes anything, but anyway, they, they yep. decided to mute it. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I put up the video. Uh, I, I cut out, I cut out the muted parts. I put up the video. It's still a fun time. This is just a great game. I mean, it's well designed. The characters are great. The backgrounds are, are, are well drawn. Uh, it is right at the pinnacle of, of platform releases on the original Nintendo. Uh, if you if you want to check it out and watch a full playthrough, uh, you can you can find that uh, boat tails woohoo. How how does this stack up against your beloved Adams Family boat? If I may ask, the Adams Family is a better game because yeah. it's there's it, there's just more to it. It's a longer game. There's more secret areas. You you've got uh, there there's a greater variety and things that you need to do. Um, the music, I think the music in the Adams Family is better, um, but. It's a 16-bit game. It should be better than an 8-bit game. There you go. There you go. Now, the Valhalla walkthrough boat. Yeah. Tell us about this. The so Valhalla this is Hermski. Hermski is kind of the master of these ZX Spectrum yes. adventure games. Uh, this is his his usual shtick. He takes us through the manual, uh, talks about the game. Now, Valhalla is interesting because I don't know that I've seen an adventure game quite like this before. Cool box. And, most of the time in an adventure game, they come in two flavors. You've got the all text adventure game, and then you've got the uh, uh, you've got the half of the screen is a graphic, sometimes animated, sometimes not, and the bottom half of the screen is the text. In this game, you've got a half and half, but you do have some control. the The characters will move on the screen. As you um, as they as you enter command. So if you want to scrub forward, Aaron, I can show you what I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, So move forward. Yeah. As you can see, people are moving around on the screen here. And uh, and you when you so basically you can type a command and then you will watch something animate on the screen. You'll watch characters move around and do things. Can you think of another adventure game that does that? That is, I like that boat. That is neat. Not, not to that level where it, I mean, how clever that is. I mean, I've seen games, there, there are graphic text adventures games where you type something and like something will happen on the screen, just like a little bloop, you know, and then, you know, but I mean, this, that's not like this. I'd say that I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, check it out, Paul. I think he goes through the whole game. He spends about two and a half hours playing it. Now, one thing that he does that I really enjoyed is at the beginning of the video, he uh, opens up the case. He takes out all of his old maps that he had when he was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. And and he talks about how essential this was. You know, when you got a computer game, it wasn't like, you know, I wonder if I'm going to have to make a map. You knew you were going to make a map, and that was part of the fun, you know, getting out the graph paper and plotting it out and all that stuff. And uh, as you can see, this is a very, you know, the the manual of this is, is very good as well. Lots yeah. of lots of lots of cool uh, drawings and stuff. So anyway, lots of uh, all of Herbsky stuff Lord. is great. Yeah. Definitely check this one out. It'll bring back some nostalgic specky memories for all of you UK gamers of a Man, certain age. I'll be checking this out late tonight. This is on my list. This looks great. I like Hermsky stuff. It's always yeah. gold. And you can just put it on and just chill chill out big time. That's right. Good job, Hermsky. Good stuff. Now, here we go, Boat. Our good pal Frodo. The That's first right. 
he's been doing this series that I just and I love these. This one, the first year of the Acorn BBC Micro, the Beeb, yeah, uh, Boatster. Now I looked, I was, I caught some of this, and I went back and watched some of this. And let me tell you something: the, the Beeb had some okay stuff. It's not going to mm-hmm. kill blow anybody away. I don't think anyone would disagree with me when I say that that BBC Micro is not known as like the game or as computer. I was going to say, you know, elite, what would you compare you know? these graphics to? It, it, the the Beeb has a de- very definite look to it. Would, I would you compare it to something Vic like 20, the Coco? Maybe. I mean, it, it, to me, it's sort of Vicky looking. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Vic. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that's a great comparison. It's not a... Uh, really, in all honesty, that's that would be very colorful for the Coco, what we're yeah. looking at right here. Yeah. So, uh, but, so when it comes to that sort of color palette... Where you get a lot of nice colors like that. I mean, I watch some of these games; they're they're good looking. Mm-hmm. It's this is like it sort of reminded me of if the old MS DOS machine and a Vic had a child. It would be yeah. you would have something like this. These games they're sort of PC ish, but sort of Vic ish, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, but the, there was some decent stuff and for the first year, and he's been doing this with a lot of stuff. And I I really think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do this and uh it's a lot of fun and and he gives you your money's worth i mean the, some of these things he, he goes he goes into every single game that he can find for the first year and he has to research this stuff good stuff from frodo i uh i, I wholly endorse these videos he's got some good stuff coming up too so just this is the first of many great videos if you'll recall he went through almost the entire ColecoVision library uh so he's done but I, I just watched him do one on like all the froggers he's done all the manic miners so he's he comes up with some really neat themes but Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Aaron, moving on to our uh, Discord community stuff. We have uh, some new high score challenges that have just rolled over here. We've got IK Plus, Aaron. Uh, International Karate Plus is the high score challenge on Amigos right now. It looks like uh, Sundown It has the top score at the moment. You can jump in, record your high score on IK Plus. This is a really fun game. Uh, I, You know, have we done this on Amigos, Aaron? We, I think we did, and I, I, was, you know, I, I know I've played this game a bunch of times, and I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm that guy. I never liked it that much. I don't like mm-hmm. it, it. Was okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Karate Champ. You know, right. I love that game, uh, and so, but you know, people love it. You know, yeah. for various reasons. Yeah, it's okay. It's not crap. I will say that it's a decent game. And over on the our Sinclair, or I'm sorry, on the Specky High Score channel. Turbo Esprit is the high score game. This is a weird game to do a high score challenge on, although there is a scoring mechanic. Uh, this is the game that was sort of like a precursor to GTA. You remember this yeah. one, Aaron? Where I, you're, we you're did do that around. one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a word view, too, as I recall. Yeah. 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 So strange anyway, game. Uh, record one. your high scores. Uh, jump in. Uh, join the Discord community. All supporters of the show, whether you are on Twitch, or support us through Twitch or through Patreon, or uh, if you are part of the community that supports uh, Sprite Castle or Pixel Guide In, you are more than welcome to jump in and join in on any of these challenges. Right. You know, before, before I forget, because you know me, I should just a quick reminder that in just a few weeks, uh, it will be time once again for another gathering of the International Computer Club boat. Oh, yes. Uh, it'll be March 27th. Uh, I believe the time was 530. And it's going to it's gonna be a happening boat. Uh, I, we've already got some uh, presenters lined up, as we always do. And I have a feeling we'll get a few more here as the uh, weeks drag on. But boy, we'd love to have you uh, come come in if you'd like to set in to the International Computer Club, or if you'd like to just watch us on uh, Twitch. We'd be more than happy to have you. Uh, so again, that will be March twenty seventh. And if you plan on signing up for something, 
Uh, Boat in our Discord channel has the sign-up sheet pinned. Uh, you can that's hop right. in there, sign up. Uh, pl- plenty of room. And I'm talking anyone that's uh, just everyone from a person to someone who sells stuff to someone who's making their own hardware. Anybody's welcome to come in and give a, a demonstration. We'd love to see uh, new games displayed or anything. So if you know anyone that is uh, a business person and would like to get in and demonstrate a new games like that, we make time for anybody. Everyone's invited to participate in International Computer Club again, March 27th. Boat. And speaking of your, uh, speaking of our sort of uh, live community events, Aaron, do you want to talk a little bit about the Team Speaker regulars? Oh, geez, the Team Speaker regulars is a continual thorn on my side, vote. But <laughs> uh, some of you know that on Saturday nights, uh, myself and the irregulars, and a lot of people from the, the uh, from uh, Discord, get together on our ARG Presents uh, Twitch channel and play some modern stuff uh, to uh, help organize this act uh, we have started channels on the discord uh they really haven't gotten cooking yet i'm waiting for the all the dipsticks to log in but once we do we're going to start scheduling events in there putting up times for the different games and most importantly we're going to be using discord for our for our audio instead of team speak so it'll be a lot easier to join up so if you're sitting around the house i know a lot of you guys it's late because uh, we don't we don't usually start till about 7 30 eastern time on saturday but if you're sitting around the house or you're an insomniac or you just want to watch a bunch of dipsticks screw around, uh, feel free to join us. And you're, everyone's invited to hop in and talk to us as well. Even if you don't want to play, we'll we'll talk to anybody, folks. So, right. yeah, feel free. But, yeah, again, that's uh, Twitch. Uh, the channel is ARG Presents, all one word, and it's the Team Speaker Regulars. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Aaron, now we're going to move forward and talk about some of the fine folks that make our show possible, starting with our Twitch supporters, our Twitch subscribers. You can subscribe to Twitch uh, for free if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. You get one free Twitch sub a month, so you can put that towards the show. Uh, Or you can just subscribe to us normally, especially if you enjoy watching the show live. We do broadcast the show live every Friday at around 5 o'clock Eastern Time, West Virginia Time. Uh, We want to thank Retro Jerry, Peeplo, Frodo NL, Eeyore 477, Chronosnet, Uber Scuba Diver, Da Crabs MTG, Negsol, Mitsuyama, The Slow Norse, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Bigfoot's Armpits, Great Algae, Macintosh Librarian, John Marshall 3, Orom, Lamatsa, Captain Chaos DK, Still Adolescing, Pints and Amiga, Jigglebox, Christian Russell, MC Chessers, Gary Heather, Buck Owens, RetroRewind.ca, Amigos Retro Gaming, that's us, Jost80, and Blue Train. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Twitch. Now, last week, Aaron, we had one of the more epic Patreon songs of all time. We blasted off into the hyperspace. It was Starman by David Bowie. I have a feeling that old Dave is looking down on us right now with a tear in his eye and just smiling and being like, well done, lads. I'd well say done. many tears, uh, frankly. <laughs> we had a couple correct responses. Not not, not too many. Really? David Z got it. Jigglebox got it. And Mitsuyama. Congratulations, I'm surprised because I love that song. And you really hurt me. You hurt my soul, frankly. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of hurting your soul, Aaron, it's time for another Patreon song challenge. So... If you know this week's song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will read your name live on the air. Now, if you're in the chat right now, please do not answer during the chat. We want it to be a, we want it to be a game. So if you know the answer, email me 
Don't write it in the chat. All right, Aaron, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Let's hit it. David Z, George Rosensky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Frag, Lord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Jonah, A.K. Simulant, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowbird Boy, Lane Vincent, Luke Hudson, John Cook, on the bass, Frodo in our soul, incisor, Tech Mage Jurgen, Mr. Coley, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington's Oglum, Reflection, Simon Lesh, Captain Crispy, Killabuzz, Caffeine, Gary Heather, Freelance, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Terminator, Tim in the Meager, Retro Casper, Not Quinn, RMC, Tinder, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Bird, Andrew the Monster, the Zombie Leaf, Kaylon Allen, Kebab, Checo Taylor, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky Drosher, Creepy Dead, Bifwiggy, CTC, The Slow Norris, on Sorgon Mortensen Advent Helen Blendo 75 Christopher Her Hustle Rob Yabin Lauren Giroux Grand Key Adam Batters B Retro Vintage, Gary Huck, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Willow, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Hulbertstein, Daniel Bingstein, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason's at Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and kill Bjorn's at Barman. I think, I think uh, uh, it was summed up nicely by the fellow in chat who asked, what level of Patreon do you have to get to to not be included in the song? <laughs> that's, I think that says it all right there. <laughs> Super tech boy. Well done, sir. All right, Aaron. Well, next week we're going to be back and better than ever. It's public <laughs> domainia. Oh, it just keeps getting <laughs> <laughs> oh now, no just wait till you hear the name of these games aaron okay we're you know we always do two games yeah in public domain yeah Nation. i know okay first one 
Wizzy's Quest. Okay, that's not that's okay. Okay, how yeah. about Doctor Strange Two? Okay, okay. Is you think that's going to have Robert Downey Jr. in it? I don't. Well, he wasn't in Doctor Strange. That was sure. uh, uh, Benedict This the other guy, Benedict Cumberbatch. They're all. They're, I mean, let's be honest. That was a good they're flick. The actually, they're, I they're, like that. They're almost the same. No, that person. was pre- that was pretty trippy. I like that one. I, Doctor Strange is my favorite Marvel movie. Oh, there I you go. It. There yeah. you go. Well, we'll so, do our best. <laughs> yeah. Public domain week is always an interesting week on Amigos. We'll we'll see how it goes. But anyway, we want to thank all of you for joining us live. You know, there's a lot of folks out there that stay up late on a Friday night to uh, hang out with us in the chat. And we'd like to recognize those folks. We got with us our intrepid moderators, Duncan Styles and Pixels at Dawn Gaming. Yeah. Uh, they've been uh, they've been doing doing the banning left and right. Just, you know, people come in. They get they the wanna... easiest job at all the internet, Bo. Yeah, they don't have to right, ban nobody. Right. We, we, have, we, we have a really, really good community. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, and also joining us, we have 10 Mark. Leading the charge, we got Amiga Cami, Amiga Live, Arctic Cube, Barkbit, Berserk eighty three, Buck Owens, Carbot fourteen, uh, Commander Root, Delamort, Edvin, Helen from the Man Cave, Eeyore four zero seven seven. Uh, we got Frodo NL, Gary Hucker, Great Algae, Hermsky, Level Lord, Jason Warrens, Clumsy, L, Curtis Boyle, All Hail, mm-hmm. Lord Soup, Matt Dufort. Matt Neo MK, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Oram, Olav Hope, Paul Kitching, Peeplo, Picard 2010, R Typer, Retro Jerry, Retro Rewind.ca, Rob O'Hara, Silly Gnome 225, <laughs> Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, The Slow Norris, Tinfoil, Treyguard 82, Trey Purds, VNK, Vector Funk, Vigoro Pros and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much. That That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot of people. A lot of folks. Thanks for turning up, y'all. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you as always for listening. We will see you next week for another episode of Amigos. Until then, adios. adios.